For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the spiritual understanding of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This is part one of the series. In this session, we are going to be doing a study on the festival of unleavened bread, which in Hebrew is Hag Hamatzah. Unleavened bread is a seven-day festival that is linked with Passover. Passover is celebrated the 14th day of the first month. The name of that month biblically is Aviv. It's also known by the Babylonian name as Nisan. In Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 6, we're told about unleavened bread. And it says, And on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. The festival of unleavened bread, therefore, is from the 15th to the 21st days of the first month in the biblical religious year. In Leviticus chapter 23, verses 6 through 8, it is written, And on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. In the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. But you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. In the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. Passover is the 14th day of the first month, which is immediately followed by the seven days of unleavened bread, which is from the 15th to the 21st day of the first month known as Aviv or Nisan. In Leviticus chapter 23, verses 7 and 8, we can see that as it relates to the celebration of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that the first in the seventh days are to be Sabbath. In the first day you shall have a holy convocation, you shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. In the seventh day is a holy convocation, you shall do no servile work therein. It is designated that the first day of unleavened bread and the last day of unleavened bread, which would be the 15th and the 21st 
first days of the first month. These days are designated Sabbath days. The designated Sabbath day is known as a high Sabbath, distinguishing itself from the weekly Sabbath. What is a high Sabbath? A high Sabbath is a special designated Sabbath day by the God of Israel, which is separate and distinct from the weekly Sabbath. A high Sabbath is known in Hebrew as a Shabbaton. Shabbaton is the Strong's number 7677. Therefore, the first and the last days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread are designated as Sabbath days or as high Sabbath. The Passover lamb is to be eaten with unleavened bread. We can see this from Exodus chapter 12 verses 5 and 6 and verse 8 as it is written. Your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. The whole congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So in commanding to eat the Passover Passover lamb, it says in Exodus chapter 12 verse 8, you shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire, and specifically you're to eat the lamb with unleavened bread. What is the spiritual meaning and application of this? Yeshua is the lamb of the God of Israel who takes away the sins of the world. In John chapter 1 verse 29, it says, behold, the lamb of God which takes away the sin of of the world. Yeshua is our Passover lamb. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 it is written, Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened for even Messiah our Passover is sacrificed for us. What is the spiritual meaning and application of eating the lamb and eating the flesh of the lamb? It spiritually represents believing the gospel of Yeshua. How do we understand that? That is because in Exodus chapter 12 verse 8 it says they shall eat the flesh in that night roast with fire and unleavened and bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. The Hebrew word flesh is the Strong's number 1320. It's the Hebrew word basar which means flesh or the body itself. It can refer to a, the flesh of a human being or a flesh of an animal. This word basar also means in Hebrew good news to proclaim good news, to publish good news, to preach good news. It means good news itself. It is the Strong's number 1319, which is also Basar. In Isaiah 52 verse 7, we see the word Basar mentioned, and it is translated as good tidings, which good tidings is translated in the renewed covenant as gospel. Isaiah 52 verse 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him, that brings good tidings, Basar, that publishes peace, that brings good tidings, Basar, or brings the gospel of good, that publishes salvation, that says unto Zion, your God reigns. Isaiah 61 verse 1, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings, Basar, unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty 
liberty to the captives. Eating the lamb, Yeshua spiritually is the lamb of God. When you eat the lamb, you believe that he is the Messiah. Yeshua was making this association in John chapter 6. The setting of John chapter 6 is Passover. In John chapter 6, verses 52 through 57, it is written, The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Yeshua said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, even he shall live by me. In making mention that you need to eat his flesh to live by him, the setting of it is Passover. Passover is about eating the lamb. Yeshua is referring to that you need to eat him. He's the lamb. And making the connection to the lamb that was physically eating. And the spiritual meaning is believing that he is the Messiah and sent by the Father and abiding in him. Because if you abide in Messiah, then you will have life. Leaven in the Bible represents sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, it is written, Your glorying is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Messiah, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. The renewed covenant and Yeshua makes mention of leaven and he makes mention about the leaven of the Sadducees which he told us was their doctrine. In Matthew chapter 16 verses 11 and 12 it is written, How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread or literal physical bread that you should be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they how that he bade them not be of the leaven of physical bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. What was the leavening or the sin of the Sadducees as it relates and pertains to their doctrine, their beliefs? their teachings. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. In Mark chapter 12 verse 18 it is written, Then come unto him, Yeshua, the Sadducees which say there is no resurrection. They ask him a question about the resurrection if you continue reading there. In Acts chapter 23 verses 6 and 8 it is written, But when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead I am called in question. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angels nor spirit, but the Pharisees believe or confess both. Yeshua made reference 
that the leaven of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. In Luke chapter 12 verse 1, in the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they tread one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. What is the leavening of the Pharisees that Yeshua referred to? Well, among other things, the Pharisees desired the praises in the status among men. Luke chapter 11, verse 43, it says, Woe unto you Pharisees, for you love the uppermost seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets. What did Yeshua say? The greatest among you will be the servant of all, not that your leader or the leadership is to take the best seats in the synagogue. The leaven of the Pharisees is also their doctrine. In Matthew chapter 16 verses 11 and 12 it is written, How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning physical literal bread, but that you should be aware of the leaven, the sin of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of physical bread, but of the doctrine, the teaching, the beliefs is what doctrine is of the Pharisees and also of the Sadducees. The Pharisees believed in following what is called the oral law. The Pharisees believed that at Mount Sinai was given written commandment and these commandments also were communicated orally. In Luke chapter 11, verses 37 through 39, it is written, And as he spake, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to meet. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he, Yeshua, had not first washed before dinner or before he ate. And Yeshua, or the Lord, said unto him, Now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup, your meticulous the external observance of making things clean, but your inward part, that is your heart, is full of ravening and wickedness. A part of the oral teaching is that you are to wash your hands ceremonially before you eat. And if you don't wash your hands before you eat, you are breaking the commandment of the God of Israel as it is explained and interpreted orally. Yeshua is taking issue regarding this teaching and this belief. Yeshua took issue at some of the elements and aspects and the teachings of the oral law which the Pharisees upheld and believed. Messiah is saying the interpretation as it is understood and explained of the commandments of the God of Israel in the context of the oral law is not the true meaning and element and aspect and commandment of the God of Israel which his people should follow. What is the difference and the distinction between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and how can we relate their beliefs 
to today. The ancient Pharisees became what is referred to today as Rabbinic Judaism. I'm going to read from the Wikipedia Encyclopedia. The Pharisees, from the Hebrew Parashim, from Parash, meaning to separate, were depending on the time a political party or a social movement and a school of thought among Jews that flourished during the Second Temple era, which is regarded as being from 536 before the Common Era to the year 70. After the destruction of the Second Temple, Pharisaic Judaism came to be known as Rabbinic Judaism and then simply Judaism. The Pharisees were an ancient sect of Judaism. They existed during the time of Rabbis Hillel the Elder and Shammai and during the time of Yeshua. They are the direct predecessor to what eventually became known as Rabbinic Judaism. So the belief system of the biblical Pharisees in believing that there's a written law and an oral law and you are to obey the oral law in the context and interpretation of obeying the commandments of the God of Israel is the same belief system today of Rabbinic Judaism or it is also called today Orthodox Judaism. Continuing on in the encyclopedia, in contrast to other Jewish groups of the time, such as the Sadducees, the Pharisees held that the books of the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, also referred to as the written law, have always been transmitted in parallel with an oral tradition. They pointed as proof to the text of the Torah itself, where they said many words were left undefined and many procedures mentioned without explanation or instruction. The reader is assumed to be familiar with the details from other sources. This parallel sect of material was originally transmitted orally and came to be known as the oral law as it is taught by the Pharisees or Rabbinic Judaism. By the year 200 in the Common Era, much of this material was edited together into the Mishnah, the core document of Rabbinic Judaism. What were the different between the Sadducees and the Pharisees and their belief system? Once again, in the Wikipedia Encyclopedia, it is written, For most of their history, Pharisees defined themselves in opposition to the Sadducees. Conflicts between the Sadducees and the Pharisees took place in the context of much broader conflicts among Jews in the Second Temple era that followed the Babylonian captivity of Judah. One conflict was class between the wealthy and the poor. Another conflict was cultural between those who favored Hellenization, that's the ways of the Greeks, and those who resisted it. A third was juridico-religious between those who emphasized the importance of the temple, that is the Sadducees, and those who emphasized the importance of the Mosaic laws and prophetic values, which were the Pharisees. Leaven in the Bible refers to as the works of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variant, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envyings, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. 
of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Leaven is also those things which the God of Israel hate. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, it is written, These six things does the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that sows discord among brethren. The people at Corneth were people who had problems with their flesh. Now we're going to look at some of the leaven that is mentioned of the people in Corinth. First, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 20 and 21. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 says, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 20 and 21, For I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I would, and that I shall be found unto you such as you would not, lest there be debate, envyings, wrath, strives, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults, and lest when I come again my God will humble me among you, and that I shall bewail many which have sinned already, and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. Unleaven represents without sin. In Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2 and then in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 it is written, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, You shall be holy, which means to be set apart. For I the Lord your God am holy, set apart. But as he he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, which means how you live your lives. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Holy. The commandment regarding the festival of unleavened bread is that no leaven, which represents sin, shall be in our houses or eaten for seven days. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 15 and then Exodus chapter 12 verses 19 and 20, it is written, Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread, even the first day you shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eat that which is leaven, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. You shall eat nothing leavened in all your habitations. You shall eat unleavened bread. What does this spiritually represent or communicate to us as believers in Yeshua as the Messiah? We are his house. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6 and then in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5 it is written, But Messiah as a son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? You also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Yeshua HaMashiach. 
our body is the temple or the house of the Ruach HaKodesh or the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man defile the temple of God, how you defile the temple of God? By sinning, leaven. Him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. It's set apart which temple you are. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20, it is also specified to us that our body is the temple of the Ruach HaKodesh or the Holy Spirit. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. For you have been bought with a price. You've been redeemed out of Egypt. Well, that's going to conclude part Part 1 of the series on the subject, The Spiritual Understanding of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.